Welcome to episode 23 of Expanding Beyond. Um, if you're listening to this and we've planned it right, then this will go out exactly on the day, one year after releasing our first, I don't know, five-minute episode. <laughs> These days, they're a bit longer. But yeah, it's pretty cool that we managed to keep this up for a whole year. I mean, we tried. We really tried. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> there were some br longer breaks in between, I think. So 22 isn't like the half of 52 weeks, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but com we did actually pretty well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into uh, into that as our main topic on about what we basically learned from one year of podcasting, let's maybe cover some of the, the smaller uh, things that came up in the recent weeks. Maybe you want to start, Monica? Yes, I can start. Um, as I said last time we recorded, uh, I finally put up my personal website. And if you if you go there, uh, you can see that there is not like there is an about section, but there's not really the classical about. So there is a page that is called now. Mm -hmm. And this is a concept by, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dan Sivers. The idea is like for an about page is kind of like, okay, who you are and until now and, and that's it. For the now, the interesting part is that that describes what you are doing right now. Um, so if, I don't know. If in three months from now, I stop being interested in uh, learning guitar and I start, I don't know, windsurfing, that's what I should put into my now page. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a, it's an interesting concept because it, it's not really like blogging, but it's really a snapshot of you as a person in that particular time. Um, yeah. So I, I, I like the, the twist there. You can find out more in uh, Cyber's blog. He's also a writer and a podcaster. Uh, he's he's a brilliant person. Uh, he has so many interests. Uh, okay, stop fangirling. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's also a um, now page that it's kind of like a directory of all the people that have a now page on their uh, on their website, okay. and there you can find all kinds of people from, uh, I don't know, I think there was an Italian girl that is uh, an archaeologist to, you know, the end software engineer out there uh, from, I don't know, Poland, uh, you name it. But it's interesting to find, uh, to see how many people there are out there uh, following the idea. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's that. Uh, and then the other thing that I can say is, let me see, let me think. It's um, what I was uh, just telling you uh, before we started recording. I realized, I mean, I'm wrapping up my stuff at work, right? Um, so I'm also starting to think, okay, what do I want to do next? There's a reason why I moved from one company to another, among other things. Uh, and one of that is that I would really like to uh, get into a company that it's uh, highly uh, skewed on uh, tech and uh, where I can also develop my uh, technical skills. Like that is something that is expected from a team lead, among other things. Of course, you shouldn't mm -hmm. be in the path of, of your team and whatnot. But the idea is that they also are trying to enforce a maximum amount of reports per person. 
so that a manager is not swamped in people management. Like he has actually time to do other things. Yeah. And uh, thinking about that, uh, I realized that after a year and a half, gearing up all my knowledge around management, because it is a different job and there you are a junior, so you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I really left behind anything that was really technical. I mean, I was going in an interview last time and it was like this, this was a senior manager. So we we're talking about someone that manage managers. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I also don't code that much. I, I don't know. I am going to do what, like free PRs per month. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I remember my time. <laughs> I really didn't do anything at least at right? work. Maybe on the way I took the train basically. Uh, to go back home, maybe there sometimes I did, if I wasn't too, yeah, too tired. But so it that's really, the really thing. Slowed down, yeah. Like even after work, I dedicate most of my time to uh, reading and and you know thinking and whatnot about management. That's what I listen podcasts about. That's what I watch videos about. That's what I read about. Um, so I was like. Maybe it's time to, you know, instead of doing this pendulum in the career ladder between, you know, individual contributor and manager, what if you actually, you know, time box also the time you dedicate to learning about one side of your job instead of the other? Mm-hmm. So uh, I found uh, to get back into coding, let's say, uh, I found an interesting side project um, for me at least. It's a domain that I know. It's about translations. It's about a tool we're using at Freeletics for handling translations. There are not so many gems out there to interface with the APIs of the service. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to deprecate their endpoints uh, v2 uh, in a year, uh, but nobody has put out a gem for the v3 version. Um, And all the gems that are out there are very outdated. Um, They haven't been updated in, I don't know, two years now, three years, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, So I thought, "Hmm, that's a nice side project. So that's what I should dedicate myself to. Nice. What about you? Yeah. I mean, on my side, um, we, uh, I have this advantage that at my current job, we have this concept of an innovation day, uh, which is pretty similar, I would say, to the Google 20% time that day. Do they Mm -hmm. still have that? They at least had at some point in the yeah. past when they still had that slogan of not being evil. <laughs> it must have been a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have some time ago. We have basically every second Friday where we can work on stuff that is not basically in a story that is currently sort of on our plate, mm-hmm. which can mean for some people they I don't know they they read a book about programming they watch some videos maybe there's something in the code that they always wanted to change and there was just never any time for it um or you learn new tools it's actually a pretty uh, open description mm-hmm. um it's also not only for developers it's basically for anyone that's that awesome is involved in that area so it's also the managers it's the product owners it's the testers anyone there it's i would say it still is mostly the developers doing it I mean, mm. we sort of, what we're still missing there is a bit the finding out what the outcome was for most people. Mm-hmm. So we have to see. It would be nice to, I don't know. I mean, a day is short. so Maybe not everyone should present something, but it would be nice to 
have a bit more more of an outcome what yeah did as well yeah and and that works for me pretty well so i try to um sort of do cut cover two things in in one in one go there number one is obviously uh learning new tools or improving on what i already know about certain areas that don't really come up every day in my job and the other one is sort of fixing stuff in my side project and if you pick the right things then you can basically do uh both things yeah and if not then my my boss who's currently listened to it will probably <laughs> tell me <laughs> very efficient Urban. very efficient uh so the uh, the one day i i looked into javascript um graphing library so there's of course the the amazing d3 which mm -hmm. is just very very difficult uh, but of course very powerful so i looked into one of the easier to use libraries that's, that's built on top of it and then i spent the day writing javascript and drawing pie charts and graphs and stuff like that and in the end i couldn't make a four second video of <laughs> what i did in the whole day <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun i think i will eventually continue with that as well because currently it's like there isn't that much to see there's like two pie charts and you wouldn't I mean, in the beginning, it looks pre pretty simple when you say, hey, let's just draw the pie charts there. And then you come into, you think about it. Yeah, but all those uh, sort of slices, how do you get them to look nice in sort of the colors should be different, right? Mm. And then you start looking out, how do you calculate this? Is there some stuff out there? And then you end up with reading blog posts about color theory, <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. And then in the end, you realize D3 has that somewhere built in ah, anyway. really? yeah there's like hey here's this these here the are these 20 different sort of color gradients give me a number from zero to one and i will give you a color that looks nice to the one that's next that's to it, smart. and then you play I mean, around it's not rocket science but it's very convenient for whomever uses the library so that they don't have to you know like again efficiency yeah, uh, it, once you know that this stuff exists, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the issue. And then sort of for the next innovation day, I actually uh, switched it a bit. Mm -hmm. And I had this on my side project. I For this one part in the admin area that I do, I basically have to load most of the data that's in the system. That's like uh, about 130,000 rows. And you have to basically transfer them via JSON API <laughs> to the front end for that stuff to work. Mm -hmm. And that was a bit slow. So it took me like 20 seconds to load that page before I could start working on it. And then I tried to speed this up by generating the JSON in the database. So in Postgres these days, you can basically just generate JSON output, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Sadly, it didn't speed up the page because I had yeah. to do, I think what uh, sort of the previous solution was slow because I, it had to generate all the JSON in, in Ruby. Mm -hmm. And this one is slow because... It has to do a, a left join across three tables. Yeah. And then sort of munch the data in, so that it ends up in the same format as the others did before. Mm. So didn't really work out. I was pretty frustrated in the evening, but I now basically know how to generate that stuff in JSON. So I guess uh, in Postgres, so I guess I learned something. Yes, definitely. Mm. But <laughs> you learned also that maybe three joins doesn't help. Yeah. Is there any way like you can to 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 change the data model there and Yeah. Probably 
I might be I might revisit that stuff because there's also some weird grouping going on that's sort mm. of across uh, across three columns that are text columns. So maybe it would be a good idea to I don't know materialize that column and sort of have an index on it. Maybe that would speed yeah, it up. Yeah, that could help and stuff like that. But yeah, then the day was over and I'll have to wait until next time or until next time <laughs> pick something else. That's a quicker way maybe. That's uh how does that work? Like like do you have the feeling that people really do appreciate and they have tangible outcomes uh, from those days? I mean that that's sort of the big big question mark for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be nice to have a bit more to see a bit more what the others are doing. Hmm. I see from some people I see some pull requests for some projects that they where they just fix stuff that they that always annoyed them basically but i don't know how much i i think i'm not also not entirely the, the the description of of our innovation days are also not entirely clear on what you can do and what mm -hmm. you can't do does it really have to tie in into work or is it enough that you learn something new okay where where's the where's the border is there even one i mean i understand it from 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 the company point of view you sort of want to make sure that people aren't just, I don't know, not working for a day every two weeks. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know. There's this the concept of, like, there's a reason why kids learn so much. Because they play. And they play for no reason. It's like someone playing doesn't come up with a plan. It's yeah. just like, I play because I like that. And I learned something different. Uh, I learned that I shouldn't beat my uh, my sister up. Um, or if I throw this somewhere, then it's going to be broken. And then, eh. uh, or if I play in the park, I learn how to climb a tree and I have to fall 20 times. But none of that is useful per se. Yeah, that's true. That's also what I what I think. It's it's often, oftentimes it's very surprising. If Even if it's sort of, completely different from your day job and you think you'll never ever use that eventually that stuff just comes up yes. and you can so it sort of helps yeah. i'm a big believer in uh, generalists so yeah renaissance people <laughs> renaissance uh, programmers exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and is it about like this the stuff that people fix is this the only time people can tackle technical debt or do they do it also on the side um on the side i mean during actual working hour airports. i mean i i do do actual working hours mm -hmm. that's why sometimes easy tasks take a week or two to complete yeah. because sometimes you just have to spend the time on fixing stuff but there's also sort of for the for the really core part of the the of our of our application, there's basically a team dedicated to that stuff. Oh, these days for for a while, maybe not a hundred percent. They do some feature work as well, but they also spend a considerable amount of time on in fixing stuff that had been neglected for many mm -hmm. many years, and now you sort of just have to do it. Okay, I don't want to completely derail the episode because we're supposed to actually. Someone asked us a question, so. We would like to answer, but <laughs> I'm generally curious about this because in our company, in my company, the, 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 we don't have a team like that. 
because our belief is that you broke it, you fix it. So it's like it's to avoid the slippery slope of people just crunching out features and not really caring because someone will clean it up after after me. Yeah, I mean, this this is sort of I think that's now the uh, the guideline these days, mm-hmm. especially for newer stuff. But it had hadn't been done for a long, long time. Okay, so it's kind of like a special task force, let's say. Yeah, I mean, for some parts, um, I, I mean, the team I am on, we are trying to remove as much of the stuff of the code that falls in our responsibilities out of that core application. Mm-hmm. And and redo it in some other places so that there's also that stuff happening. Um, but yeah, there there's like for for example the background uh, queue. There's there's some things that ha- have to happen a lot of times, and they were just super inefficient for a long time. Yeah, and there you really need to spend the time uh, to figure out why is this happening? Was there actually a good reason behind it, or was this just yeah, let's recalculate this one more time just to be sure that it's correct. And then you end up basically doing the same calculation for five times maybe. Yes. And then you're sort of, it just takes super, super long. And of course, if a company grows, when you have more customers and more data, then this becomes an issue yeah. that you have to tackle basically. And I mean, it's that at some point you'll need to repay it no matter how. Yeah, that's just how it is. Now, now you have to to bite the bullet and you have to uh, spend some of your resources uh, yeah. doing that stuff. Okay, I'm out of questions on this topic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. For In summary, don't me. do it. Or I don't know if that's true. I mean, for a startup, it's always the question, when do you start doing it right? Right? Mm-hmm. Sort of in air quotes. Sometimes it's fine if you just need to be quick and try something out. Yeah. I mean, I'm now back at that company. I'm and I'm basically redoing something that I did four years ago. Okay. And it was back then it wasn't entirely clear where what would be the end result if this is what we would be doing in the long term. And then now we've basically decided, yeah, that's the way we want to go. We did something a few similar things happened in sort of after that one as well. And then you basically didn't know the direction and you can rewrite it and it's much cleaner then. I guess in, in that sense, that part is okay. Mm-hmm. As you so eloquently posted on Twitter at some point, it depends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, by now it's a joke, but seriously, that's life. Everything depends. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Everything is like that. It depends what you want to do. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was uh, XC. Uh, DK, uh, Katie, I never remember the XKCD. Thank you. That one, I never remember the order of the letters. <laughs> like, okay, whatever the the letter salad. And there was this uh, this graph, you know, like classic one, like age of of experience and the numbers of it depends, and they're very closely correlated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a few gems in there, like the one about the standards is also pretty great. Oh, yes. That one is a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that out of the way, let's talk about one year of podcasting. Do you yes. want to read the the question from Twitter? Yes, I can. So Alessandro 
is uh, first of all concur- congratulating us. Um, he has been listening from day one. Thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm, um, thank you. The question is, what have you learned in the last year on running a podcast from a technical point of view, finding an audience, thinking about content? And second question, what advice would you give to someone that would like to start from scratch? What's your take? What's my take? So I've written a list of things I, that came up. What I didn't cover was audio quality. <laughs> yeah, that's so, speaking of the devil. <laughs> um, I think that there are different listeners. So personally, I'm a bit, uh, I'm not really a perfectionist when it comes to audio, but as, as a non-native speaker, uh, the audio, at least for me, has to be good enough so that I can actually listen to it without it being really, really hard. Yeah. So a microphone wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, it doesn't really have to be expensive, but anything is better than your headset, uh, than your, I don't know, phone headset or the, God forbid, the built-in mic of your computer. As you might have noticed, between with the difference between episode one and episode three, where I actually bought a microphone. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, just try it out and start without spending any money is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And then you can see if it works for you or it doesn't. And then if you say, hey, that's that's cool. I want to stick stick with it. And then you can spend the money, I think. So, but that's just, I don't know, solid advice for basically any hobby. <laughs> yes, any hobby. Although, I don't know, not everyone follows it always. Like no. I but yeah, definitely, I would second the the concept of the of the microphone. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I spent like, of course, the quality varies because it depends. Um, but for thirty euros, you can buy something that it's decent enough and it's not terrifying. And I mean, these days, uh, when you spend so much time at home, yeah, I I use my my podcasting mic for every. Uh, call we have at work as well because it's so much easier if you're on a on a call with other people and it's easy to understand them mm-hmm. that's yeah. i just wish i had a mac that would be okay with having a usb regular one <laughs> so there's that because with my uh, mac from work it doesn't really like after a while it starts giving a weird noise electrical noise or something like that and it doesn't really work Mm -hmm. luckily it worked for me so far let's see (laughs) your mic is not 30 euros though yeah mine is 70 i think Ooh, expensive (laughs) i mean (laughs) i mean i do another podcast and then uh my (laughs) co-host very very into audio and the one he suggested for me to get eventually is like 250 euros. Yeah. <laughs> it will be, a, will be a while, I think. Sorry, Yevgeny. <laughs> He's also editing this. Um, exactly. Which, which brings me to the next point, editing your podcast. Personally, uh, that was quite a learning curve for me. Uh, this, so this isn't the first podcast I did. And it wasn't that easy. I and is. Probably also because I didn't really enjoy it. Mm. So it also takes quite a lot of work to do because I don't know if an, if an episode is an hour long, then you spend at least double the amount of time on it. Okay. And that's only if you have two people. And if you had a 
add more people that then can start talking over each other, it really grows exponentially the time you're going to invest editing that stuff. We need to separate them, like the, the tracks, or I have no idea how do you, how you edit a podcast. You have to. Yeah, you, you sort of, normally you don't want to listen to one person talking over the other, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to always see where do I cut part of that person out because he sort of realized he talked over the other person and then he stopped in the middle and then you sort of have to cut out that bit and then when he really starts again talking when the other person isn't talking then you sort of just use that part so that it looks so that it sounds like they didn't talk over each other right mm -hmm. and that's all the stuff you need to do i mean of course you don't have to it sort of all depends on how how important that is to you yeah as people might have guessed i don't do this part mm -hmm. I, i don't do many things in, in this basically i just show up And I talk that that's what I do. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's also a learning opportunity for me. Yeah. I mean, this, this was set up intentionally like this for this podcast. So I have someone who is, uh, we can put a show note uh, uh, for Evgeny's services yes. in here. He deserves uh, it. He basically, starting from episode one, he uh, did our, did all the editing for the podcast because I knew we wouldn't uh, keep it up if I had to edit that stuff mm -hmm. and i guess this is also something you need to keep in mind if you do a podcast figure out how to do it in a way that's the easiest for you so sort of the less roadblocks you have the easier it is to to keep going i mean it's like have a habit if you think about it exactly uh, you have to do uh, something that it's easy and that it's small so that you can stick to it yeah so and i guess the the other part that also helps in that way is that we basically have a fixed day and yeah. time where we record it normally doesn't change unless i don't know someone is sick or i don't know someone goes on holiday or i mean even then you go to italy and we still record yes so that i think that also helps that you don't have to every day every time for the next episode you have to negotiate when when are we going to do this when do you have time and stuff like that yes so that definitely helps what helps me both in terms of habits and in terms of uh, scheduling is the fact that we do have a day so I can plan around it but it has happened plenty of times for both of us that is like hey I, I really don't feel like doing this today so it's it's also not a burden um, like we do it because we like it uh, yeah. but it's not an obligation so that lowers also the for me at, at least lowers the the barrier To, uh, to keep doing it. Yeah, and we sort of, I mean, we don't really have a huge um, backlog of episodes that we are going to sort of release while recording the next one, but at least we don't record on one day and the next day the episode has yep. to go out, right? We were supposed to record a week ago and now we do it a week later and the schedule basically when it's going to go out is going to stay the same basically. And our plan is, Because we noticed that if we want to stay regular, and that's important for the audience, that you are regular. If we want to do that, then we have to have a little bit of buffer. So over time, I guess, if we don't squander this one that we have <laughs> in the backlog, uh, soon enough, we will record again once a week instead of once every couple of weeks. And then we'll have a second episode that also acts as a buffer. 
So that also helps with, again, going on holidays and such, and you can keep your, uh, the schedule that the audience uh, knows. Because for content, I've been reading about it for, for a while now, that is really important. It doesn't matter if it's once a month, once every three months, whatever, but put content out there as regularly as possible because people do expect that. Uh, they build habits on it, uh, so yep. you want to leverage that. Yeah, and sort of in the same direction, we are sort of trying to keep the episodes, I don't know, maybe not entirely super short, but an average there, I don't know, what's the average? 37 minutes. Yeah. So that is easier on the editing. It's also uh, easier for us to do because, I don't know, we spend an hour or so every yes. two weeks on that show notes won't take that long to do and all that stuff is it's just also for the audience it's probably better to have more shorter episodes at least for me as a listener i enjoy that more than having a two-hour podcast agree it doesn't come out very often one thing that i learned in terms of feedback for example is that people definitely do prefer to have one topic per episode so beside our banter at the beginning um then if there's one topic it's more enjoyable probably because we also go deeper into it and then it's uh it's not just you know the surface of uh, of something but yeah. again it depends on the audience um yeah and speaking about the audience i guess that finding an audience is <laughs> i mean if 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 you talk about a bigger audience that's probably something we haven't figured out yet mm-hmm I mean, it's not, not a huge surprise because I guess there are quite a few tech podcasts out there. So, yeah, what does that mean? That that I think, at least for me, that means um, we don't do it. I mean, I do enjoy looking at the numbers, of course, but in the end, they are not that important. If you only look at the numbers, I think it's very easy to get disappointed with all that stuff because, yeah, it just takes a while. I don't I mean, know. I, I'm I'm still amazed the fact for about the fact that people do listen to me rambling online. So I'm <laughs> I'm like thank you, thirty people. Uh, I love true. you all. <laughs> yeah, that's twenty eight more people than I thought. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true, of course. Um, so if we talk about raw numbers, so we did. 22 episodes already mm-hmm. and uh, our podcasting platform tells us we had exactly 1259 downloads across all of them so that means on average i don't know a bit over 50 uh, downloads per episode uh, which is of course not true because the older uh yeah episodes get more so there's the first few ones have like over 100 so that is always super tricky to track uh um, if you look at the sort of download numbers for the first seven days since the release, that sort of the average for the first five episodes was 22 downloads. And the average for the sort of most re- five most recent episodes was 30 downloads. So the difference isn't that big in real numbers uh, in sort of in total count. It's still probably, I don't know, 40% more over a year. So maybe not too bad. But yeah, that just just takes a while. And I listen to other podcasts and sometimes they talk about their history and then someone says, yeah, the first 50 episodes weren't that great. And then people started yeah. to listen, right? <laughs> so it's you have to be in it for a long game. 
for the there long game. There is that, guess, and, yeah. and for sure, I think it's also a matter of us learning about what what interests people, and you know, different kind of topics. What I notice is that so one thing that I can share is that we don't prepare a lot for episodes. Yeah, but even those, I mean. I was on podcasts where we didn't prepare prepare anything at all. Mm -hmm. That really shows <laughs> that no okay. one really has a plan. So what we do, we we do have a show notes document. We add some stuff, and then we spend a minute or two talking about a rough order on what we want to yes. talk about. And that I noticed that that helps a lot when everyone on the in the podcast have has roughly the same idea of where the, the conversation is going to go. That helps a lot already. Yeah, definitely. So my my feeling is that the quality of our episodes has also increased over time because of this. Like we're a little bit more regular, but for those that want to start from scratch, don't imagine that you have to research or prepare for days before recording an episode. Jot down a couple of ideas. If you are speaking with someone else, like in our case, so it's the two of us, then you just meet 20 minutes before you go through the notes, it's like, hey, what would you like to uh, to talk first uh, and blah, blah. And then it's out. It's it's fine. Um, yeah. If you are alone, it's even easier because then it's just about you following the, the order. That could be something, yeah, something else that someone that starts might think about. Do you want to be the sole speaker or do you want to have a partner? One thing that you told me, and also a friend of mine also confirmed, she has a podcast with two other people, that the more people are, there are on the show, the more difficult it is to um, have an equal amount of speaking time. Mm -hmm. And also editing is much more complicated. Yeah. And there's all, and then there's, of course, the, the even more complex thing of having guests. Mm -hmm. Because... Even if, when you start a new podcast, there will be technical difficulties in the first few yes. episodes. There's all there's so many things that can go wrong, and you sort of have to go through them all and try figure it out. Eventually, it will work. But if you have guests, then they generally are not podcasters. There is so much stuff that can go wrong there, and then maybe they don't yeah. have a good mic, so the audio quality also isn't that great sometimes. So. Guests are cool, but guests are much, much more work. Probably in preparation as well, because you have to decide what to talk about. You have to find a date. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, you have more editing work. And then you sort of, depending on how you do it, you also have to get the okay from the guests or guests. Yes. And it can also take time sometimes. Having guests, though, helps with the number of listeners. So That's you will true. see... The episode with... with uh, Niels, that was basically the best episode we'd, we've had. That's because, good. of course, they shared with their own friends. And then, I mean, some of those people might become regulars, but still, you get a nice bump. And maybe they talk with someone and then blah, blah. So there, there's also this, speaking of an audience, we are also not really actively trying to expand the audience. Uh, like, we share our... Uh, when an episode is out, we do it on Twitter. We we share it on LinkedIn, and that's we, about it. <laughs> yeah, basically that's it. Yeah. Like we 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 talk about it with our friends, and uh, that's it. 
Uh, so we haven't really, um, we haven't been guests in other, in other podcasts, I think. <laughs> um, so there's also that part that definitely has an impact on the numbers uh, that, that we have. But that's where I do definitely agree with you among so many things. I do agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, we basically do it because we like it and, and that's it. Exactly. So the talking to you is the fun part. And then afterwards, finding the audience is a bonus, basically. Yeah. And like you said, it, it's not that much fun to figure out how to grow the audience. So instead, we just see what happens. And if it isn't that many people, well, then then it isn't that many people. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, now it's also more difficult because if if we were in a regular year, then we would have gone to conferences, we would have gone to meetups, uh, we would have uh, participated to other events that would have allowed us to, you know, just like speaking to people. Um, yeah. I mean, if we do that again, we of course need to print stickers, right? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, we have a cool logo for a reason. Yeah. Oh, about that part, having friends that know how to uh, design, that that's useful. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So in the sort of we on in the startup, basically before recording the first episode, we, we basically split it that way. I I figured out how to do the hosting and the, the technical bits behind the scenes. And you happen to have a boyfriend who could design our logo. <laughs> yes, that helps. <laughs> yeah so uh, i throw the bone at the boyfriend and he came up with um, a very nice logo mm, yeah thank you again always happy nerdy enough for the <laughs> both of us <laughs> exactly but yeah that those are the the things and, and i mean otherwise i mean we partially covered it already but it just like you said it takes a few episodes for you with your co-host or co-hosts, or if you do it alone, to get into a rhythm, basically, to figure out how you want to do it. I also noticed um, in the first episodes, there was more editing work to be done. Mm -hmm. There were, I don't know, sometimes there were five to 10 minutes that just sort of didn't really fit that we had to cut out. But in the last episode, basically, I, I listened to it to make the show notes and I generally don't find anything big that needs to go anymore we don't ramble that much anymore <laughs> we or... ramble concentrated on one topic <laughs> exactly. so then it's fine <laughs> yeah i sometimes when i when i do actually all the times when when i listen to the episodes i don't even realize if something has been cut so yeah yeah and that that's of course also goes back to the editing work if you have something who is someone who is good at it then you generally don't notice anymore. And that's also what takes time, right? Because you have to try a few times to sort of find the right second or half a second where you have to cut so that you just continue speaking basically and mm. don't notice that stuff is missing. Yeah. So if you can, like all things, outsource them. It's not necessarily particularly expensive. You, you know that you have to put a little bit of money, but it's for... People that are as privileged as us, uh, we can. It's something that you can definitely afford. And if not, then I guess there's enough cheap or even free tools that you can use for that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe you enjoy doing it, and who knows when you can use it again. Exactly. Or else. So, in terms of 
there's also that part. Like, if you like it, it's not even work. So this is the thing that, for me, it's the biggest learning uh, of all of this. It's, uh, I like it. So it, it doesn't feel like a, like a chore. Uh, and, and sometimes my hobbies do feel like that to me. So <laughs> I am that yeah. kind of person. Um, but this is always something that gives me energy in the end. So I think that in the past year, because I didn't feel like recording, maybe I said it like twice, maybe. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's always something that I am really looking forward. And at the end, I'm so happy to, to have done it again. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's sometimes it was like, oh, now I need to record again. Yeah. But afterwards, it was just a super enjoyable discussion. And I was glad I did, basically. Yes. So Same, same. All right. So before we start rambling about <laughs> another topic, <laughs> let's maybe uh, stop this episode here. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Monica? You can find me on Twitter at KFMolly with an I. And uh, you can find me on uh, as many places as you want, like GitHub and so on, as Nirnath, Dev2 definitely, and on my personal website, Monica G, uh, monicag.me. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I ran 11 kilometers today. I'm allowed to be a little bit off. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you can find me on Twitter as UJH. And I also have a website at urbanhafner.com. And if you want to get in, in touch with us as the podcast, uh, you can also find us on Twitter. And you can also just email us at hosts at expandingbeyond.it. Right. So thank you again for the discussion. And thanks for everyone for listening, especially for those that already listened to all episodes. That is amazing of you. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate. Thank you. Yeah. And talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye, peeps. <laughs>